Welcome to Recess Now, 5-Minute Bid. I'm Ralph Seymour. Today we're going to start a topic on paramedic education. And this is going to be for you guys out in the field. I was a paramedic, and I have a, I have a great passion for EMS. Um, now that I'm in the emergency department, I can see it from both sides. And it's uh, stuff I, you know, there's stuff that I want to bring to uh, the field. And, and sometimes it's difficult to do that. And, and, and this is one way that I can feel uh, is an outlet as getting things out to you guys uh, in the field, um, you know, coming from uh, being once a paramedic and now uh, as a clinician in the emergency department, I think I can add a different perspective. And um, I want to start this this five minute bit series on paramedic edu- uh, education with intubation. Now, intubating patients uh, sometimes is difficult in the field. And look, guys, I get it. I remember, you know, you know, a lot of times when you guys walk into a house, you know, you have all kinds of obstacles, you have all kinds of issues, you have family members that are actively interfering with what you're trying to do as a uh, as a healthcare provider. And I get that can be really tough sometimes. And the positioning of the patient sometimes can be tough too. Sometimes they're on the the, the the ground sometimes they're wedged between the bed and the wall and you, and you have to move them and 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 sometimes you're in a, a small uh, trailer mobile home uh, type situation and you don't have a lot of room to work with and you're doing the best that you can and I understand that um, what I want to do is I want to try to uh, bring home some important key components uh, to intubating and and really not go off on a rant on too many other issues on this particular segment now what I think think um, the first thing you should do um, when you are, uh, you know, trying to achieve an airway is really understanding the the importance of pre-oxygenation, pre-ventilation, okay? BVM can go a, f- a long way in the field, okay? If you are getting, when you insert an OPA and you're getting good compliance with your BVM, um, I think sometimes it could be argued that that's an adequate stopping point, okay? So if you're getting good saturations, if you're getting good compliance and you're getting good chest rise and fall, I think, you know, probably what you what you don't need to do is 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 go any further. You know, that's what your that's what the objective is at that point. So, you know, good airway management starts with pre-oxygenation, okay, and pre-ventilation. So that's what I want to stress. In cardiac arrest, nothing changes. Okay, so if you can get good compliance with a BVM uh, and good uh, oxygenation, sometimes it's hard in cardiac arrest, and sometimes you just don't really know because of the lack of peripheral perfusion. You don't get good saturations, and it's hard to get ca- capnography to work appropriately uh, when you don't have an adjunct uh, in situ. So I'll say this always start with the BVM and, and practice good mechanics. When you are bagging a patient, either with oral pharyngeal airways um, and in conjunction with jaw thrust maneuvers and and proper positioning of the head and neck, okay, and also tr- keeping trauma into uh, consideration when with not manipulating the neck and using your jaw thrust maneuver, okay. So now we're going to make a departure from that and go directly into intubating a patient. Here's what I can say to you: is when you insert your blade, and I use I'm going to be talking about the Macintosh uh, in this setting. 
when you insert your Macintosh, your first thing that you want to do when you put it inside the patient's mouth is make sure you're sweeping the tongue to the left. Okay, now you always hold the laryngoscope laryngoscope, however you want to say it. I say laryngoscope. Some people say laryngoscope. You want to hold it in your left hand. Only hold it in your left hand. There's no such thing as holding it in your right hand, okay? Put it in your left hand, sweep that tongue to the left, and insert your blade into the oral cavity, okay? Now, the first thing that you want to be looking for is the epiglottis. Make that your first move, okay? If I can see the epiglottis, then I know where the cords are, okay? Now, as you sweep that tongue over and you look for the epiglottis, now you see the epiglottis. Now you know where to put your blade tip. The blade tip goes in the vollecula, which is that area right before the epiglottis. Now, you put some pressure in that area. That epiglottis should now move towards you and get right out of the way of the cords. Now you have your, your laryngoscopy. Now you can see the cords. Put that tube right through the cords. Now, if you take it as a step-by-step progression each and every time, incrementally, you, you will not forget your steps, and you will not forget how important it is to go by your rules each and every time. Epiglottis, follicular, laryngoscopy. Now you can tube. Now, my, my rule is that if you don't see it, don't put the tube in. I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's reasonable. Don't put the tube in if you don't see the cords, okay? Because you don't want to insufflate the stomach and cause a lot of passive regurgitation back. And now you're not going to be able to ventilate the patient. And when you do ventilate the patient with all of those secretions, you're going to be causing injury. You're going to be causing aspiration. Very important, okay? The last thing I want to bring up with respect to intubation, guys, please don't use small tubes on adults, okay? A smaller tube is not going to make an intubation easier. Use an appropriate size tube when intubating these patients, seven, seven and a half, eight um, uh, French tube. That is going to be appropriate. Don't use a size six tube and say, well, I thought it would be a hard one and it was easier to pass a small tube. That's, That's bullshit. Don't do that. Okay, it's much, much more appropriate to ventilate an adult patient with an adequate size tube. Okay, that's my advice to you. Take intubation with a step by step by step approach. Be disciplined. Don't put the tube in if you don't see what you're looking at, the appropriate anatomy, and use the appropriate size equipment for the appropriate size patient. This is Ralph Seymour, and this is Rhesus Now.